this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 4, Episode 7, Metanoia. Aaron, uh, what's up with that title? Any idea? Well, like we, well, I mean, like we talked about on the instant take, it's uh, a change in one's life as a result from pen- penitence, which is contrition, feeling feeling sorry, or a spiritual conversion. Uh... I feel like that accurately describes several different characters. Sure. You know, Christina is going through a change of life revolt, uh, uh, resulting from her literal spiritual conversion that might have started during her self-baptism. Mm-hmm. The man in black is going through a severe change in, in life uh, resulting from a spiritual conversion he had speaking with his maker. Um, he almost tried to pro- spiritually convert everyone forcefully. Uh, she is to, to ascend. So she's she's tired of waiting. She's going to heaven's gate. This bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, get on your white white Nike Nikes. Uh, drink drink your Kool Aid. Cut off your testicles. Oh my god. Oh my god. There's actually mentioned that heaven's gate confirmed. The comet's return, mm-hmm. and Hale's the only one that knows <laughs> oh, it. Boy, I didn't know about that part of heaven's gate. Yeah. I was ready to sign up. Damn. No thanks. <laughs> you like the tracksuits. You uh-huh. like you like the Nikes. You know, the Nikes, but. Uh, <laughs> The whole balls thing. It, it's it's brutal. It's a deep cut uh, for for sure. What, what, yeah. How, how are you feeling about this episode two days hence? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this episode. It gave us a lot of answers, you know, uh, asked a lot more questions. I'm amazed at how thoroughly they've confounded uh, the theorizers when it comes to Christina, both both myself as a theorizer and the Internet at large as, as a theory engine. Uh, if you asked me, would we still have questions about Christina going into the finale? I would have said like, eh, may- maybe a-, a couple like around the edges, but the central yeah. question still exists. What, the what hell is the is nature going on? of her yeah. reality? Yeah. What is this? The deal with the smoke around her ankles? Um, and I haven't found like satisfactory answers for that yet. So that's surprising. And then, you know, the, the whole thing with like opening the sublime to the real world. Yeah. Uh, I think that's super interesting because it, I don't know. A lot of people's motivations are thrown into question here. Um, a lot of people's motivation changes. Like you said, the metanoia thing. Uh, it, yeah. It's, it's a pretty big episode going into what is, I imagine going to be an even bigger episode next week. 
Yeah, I feel like when you talk about theory crafting, there's like three or four theories that came out of this episode. And I think that they're all about 90 percent correct, but they all have what I would call like a last mile problem. They just yeah don't connect all this, the, the 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 same way or, or they don't connect um, in, in, in exactly how I would want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I don't understand how they would uh, uh, connect at this point. Um, like there's a theory that said all the Christine segments are happening in a very small slice of time that seems like it's forever because of the way time dilation works. And it's like all the Christina stuff that we've seen this in the, since Teddy shows up has been from the time that Bernard cracked open the door from the sublime. Like that door opened in weeks or months of Teddy time, he detected that there was a breach into the real world and that he took that opportunity to somehow yeah. go back inside of it and start making connections to Christina. And she's in the simulation running a hail like, you know, Hale's trying to figure out how. But we are dealing with time dilation. There is time sublime. dilation. But why would everything be? everything seems like it's tracking in real time the stuff that Hale's talking about in terms of the host going off yeah like if that's all happening you know uh, essentially all the Christina stuff is happening from the time that Bernard opened it in this episode till whatever like I I, I, that's what I'm saying it's like it's 90% there uh, the theory that uh, Christina is, is is the tower she's like an operating system Mm -hmm. or she's some kind of host that's attached um, unbeknownst to her, uh, and and she sees the real world. She's she can walk around and observe it, but mm-hmm. she's not you know actually there. I think that's interesting, but it doesn't quite explain all, every bit of the nature. For example, if she's if she's really a simulation, um, and she's had the truth revealed to her now, why are the aspect ratio hasn't that changed? Yeah, that's the number one thing is I expected at the end of this episode for the aspect ratio to squeeze down. If it had a as soon as Teddy says, you know, you're not real. The world is real, but you're just whatever. Yeah, if it had of like I would that would have. But but I I feel like that they're suggesting there is a third Mm -hmm. uh, reality option. And the one thing that I saw suggested that might make sense is that Christina is a ascended host she is stomping around on those bipedal things and kind of like as this in park you know wandering i don't know storytelling thing but people are conditioned not to see her just like yeah it's but that doesn't make sense because why does frankie walking and, past yes. her and teddy so and what yes. is teddy i guess teddy would be another ascended host Ted, i think teddy is uh he is the bike the bicameral mind is essentially right i think that he figment he of her imagination cannot, Whatever Christine is, Teddy is too. No, I'm not saying he's a figment of imagination. I'm just saying that he is riding along her consciousness. Because if he was real and Christine is not, then, you know, like you said, uh, Frankie and and Stubbs would have seen them. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they would see one of those armless uh, host bodies just as much as they would see a humanoid host body. So, I I don't know. Yeah, none of these, all these theories, like, sound cool in theory, but... But they don't quite fully mesh. Yeah. Yeah. What we saw on the screen doesn't quite add up, uh, which I I think is a pretty impressive feat, frankly. I think so, too. The fact that you're you're on the eve of the finale, essentially, you got, you know, you got less than a week to go at this point and they're still 
isn't a cohesive this explains everything theory i think mm-hmm. that the joy and nolan have done i've done as i've actually managed this season really really well they're the first half of the season was essentially a puzzle box that the internet had got to that stage where they were all but and then they just essentially the next episode said yep you're right and here is another that's a really interesting idea that you essentially it's not one big puzzle box but it's like two or three that you keep people busy with while you are assembling the big one hopefully that contains mm-hmm. The, the entire season. And um, I mean, it's, it, it depends on what's in that box, right? Like if, sure. if, if they do all this stuff and, and thrill us and then the answer ends up not making sense, I don't mm-hmm. think people will react well to it, but I, I don't know. No. I, I guess I have faith that they're because, because I also like for the first time, I feel like I really understand the overarching narrative of like what they're doing with transhumanism. Like, hmm, okay. I, I, I think I am not worried about that going to a place that I don't find interesting. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know, because there's still a lot of people. There's still a lot of people watching the show being like, I, f- I don't understand if everyone can be a host or anyone can be a human or anything can be a simulation. How do you know what is the real thing? And yeah. like, you know, my host in Delos, if at this point in watching a show, you haven't got the idea that these are from the show's philosophy perspective that these are equivalent existence that -hmm. like if you're saying well when caleb the human died and he woke up is that even the same human the show like the show has like decided two seasons ago that that's true like yeah you know they are the same puts it to bed again this episode right like yeah you are me i don't care if i live because you are me um you might not feel comfortable with that as a human Right. With right. with the continuum of existence that we experience. But that is what the show is trying to say, that, like, if you get thrown through the halo and your body just blur, your eyes roll back in your head and you collapse to the floor. But your consciousness or a a simulation so accurate that it, it behaves identically to you mm-hmm. is going to survive into a paradise. And then you made you you are you just made it to paradise. Like, if you don't if you don't get that by now, then, like, I, I don't know, like, you're just. You're 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 like uh, going into the uh, Avengers Endgame saying, ah, you know what? I'm just Thor vi- flying ah, just just violates uh, the gravity and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm not having sure. it like, yeah, I can see some people um, not taking to this kind of storytelling. I struggle with it at times myself. I think like the idea that you're going to spend seven episodes with Christina and oh, yeah. not know anything more about her essentially than you did the first episode can be very frustrating. And I, I think this. The show occasionally trades in, you know, it's it's characterizations and it's it's personal narratives for plot driven narratives. Uh, And it's Mm -hmm. honestly, it's not even occasionally. It's basically every time. Um, Right. Unless they're specifically going for a characterization like they do with Maeve, like they do with Caleb. That's pretty much all they do is plot stuff. Um, So that can be frustrating. But like if you're still hanging in in season four with this show. I think you've gotten used to that. I don't think it's going to bother you too much. You're not going to check out because like, God, I don't know anything more about Christina in episode seven. Than I did in episode one and she mm-hmm. hasn't had a character arc really. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. At this point, those people would be outliers. And I like, so if you yeah, look at the audience yeah. statistics, like maybe the people who are left watching the show are the exact people who you'll want to be watching the show because uh, oh, yeah. th- th- it is dealing with this weird. And again, 
I, I think that's half the charm for me. Like, yes, I've always been attracted to the really good acting, the crisp dialogue, uh, the slick sci-fi action when it delivers. But honestly, there's only a handful of shows that deal with this type of topic that I think mm-hmm. is really fascinating. Like, this is, should have been reading since junior high and thought is super interesting. Um, and we're just now getting in, like, you know, the BBC show, was it Humans, Devs, Westworld, um, we're starting to get to these, these, what I think is really interesting concepts. You know, this is Jules Verne talking about, you know, going to the moon in the 19th century, like a hundred years from now, Westworld might be talked in that exact same way. When we're talking about the, the, the frontiers of AI and, and human enmeshment. Could uh, be. and this know? is why I, I hope that HBO never changes, um, and why they have essentially my forever loyalty and I will forever be a subscriber yeah. to, whatever HBO max is going to be in the future, uh, because they make content like this and they don't let it like if this show was on Netflix, it would have been canceled season two. Like it wouldn't have got season three. So yeah, HBO takes chances on this stuff and, and doesn't even take chances, but they, they make shows that wouldn't get made elsewhere because they believe in the, the ideas of the show. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and they make great television and I'm glad it exists. So that's how I feel about this episode. Well, first of all, it's not television. It's HBO. So <laughs> fair. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just really curious. I, I'm really curious to see what happens with the finale because I do think a lot of people, there's a lot of buzz that Westworld's back. I think there's been a little bit of harshing that buzz in the last week or two when people have like fully seen the shape of like, oh, shit, like literally we're still we'll mul- still multiple timelines or still this. We're still not sure if something simulation. Sure. But like if they if they can round that corner the way they did in season one and I feel like it's mm-hmm. shaping up like they can, then I think we, we you know, are my confidence in season five being satisfying will skyrocket at that point. Yeah, I mean, I talked a few episodes ago, eh, maybe last episode even, um, about how this show, I've expected the unexpected at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it can ever hit the highs of season one. I think season one was so surprising, so Mm. audacious of of a twist that, and I I was not prepared for it. Now I'm prepared. I'm bracing for the impact. Um, I don't think they can quite pull off the same level of surprise and impressive uh, ending to this, but they can they can get close i'm sure yeah i always think back of like the leftover season two as i thought season one you literally couldn't tell a better story and they also did things that were so shocking and so surprising but yet in retrospect so satisfying that they you know that they're that they you know again they can get to high highs but they'll never have that and i'll be damned if they didn't you know blow my mind once again so i feel like mm-hmm. This yeah. guy, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is what well, that's. Oof, I set my expectations real high, but I'm, I guess I'm going for <laughs> like a season two leftovers finale. Like I kind of want this to blow my mind because I don't think next year is going to blow our mind. I think next year is going to be the underlining and putting a period at the end of this thesis statement on humanity and transhumanism and everything that Joy and Nolan are trying to do. But this mm-hmm. season, I really think they can one last time. Really fucking, really fucking blow minds out there. Um, All right. Well, let's see it. Let's see what you got. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic. Me too. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. All right, shall we get into the recap? Let's do it. We start off with Bernard simulating a scenario where he and Maeve go to the Hoover Dam and he tells her all about how and why the sublime was stashed here. And then he opens the sublime. Again, this is inside the sublime. He's opening the sublime in the sublime. I, I don't know what call, what kind of like recursive crazy shit this causes in their computer systems, but apparently it's not a problem. Because uh, inside that simulation of sublime. Right. There's, There's a simulation of Maeve and Bernard uh, uh, <laughs> having this exact discussion in front of a simulation of Sublime that's also sim. Yeah. Yes. The, the rabbit hole goes all the way down. Um, <laughs> he asks her what she would choose between fighting for the world and dying versus entering the Sublime with her daughter. She says, definitely, I would choose my daughter. Uh, I'm, I'm going to end it there because then we go to Akichita and, and the real world and we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we got the 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 red riot droid Kool Aid Manning, which I thought really entertained me. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> this is giant red thing bursting through the wall. Um, I would instantly be worried if someone told me we the where we were going. I would need a grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going to need this, fighting, but not a pistol, but like a grenade. Right. La- yeah, uh, a grenade launcher. <laughs> Uh, this this actually this this so this episode we didn't talk a lot about it, but this episode came and murdered a lot of came for and murdered a lot of theories. Yes. Um, like if you were trying to hold out hope that what is ascension is going to the sublime, Bernard is here to tell you that Hale does not have the key. Hale is still yep. she is guarding this because she has plans. She has eventual plans for these people in the sublime. She wants them to partake, come out in the real world and partake in in the one that she's built. But uh, she doesn't have access to uh, presumably the cradle or the forge mm-hmm. here in the infinite. Um, 
but she has kept it guarded and running, which 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 we kind of knew. Um, yeah, which th- I, I think like half confirms a couple of theories, right? That she doesn't want to destroy the the people in the sublime. Yes, she wants to, and and you know it's not quite like oh those are my actual children. These other hosts are you know inferior copies. Um, it's not quite that which we were speculating, but definitely she is more favorable toward the the beings in the sublime than yeah, it's it's a thought. lot like magneto you know his his people are the brotherhood of evil mutants but he still uh-huh. has affection for mutants everywhere including people he thinks are misguided and opposing him like the x-men so yeah. like I, I think she thinks that sublime is kind of like professor Xavier's school for gifted children she she wants to protect that and she doesn't want it destroyed especially by these fucking humans mm-hmm. but eventually you know we're gonna have to come out and, and settle our differences yeah uh, so what what do you make of the discrepancy between simulated Maeve and the actual do you think that Bernard was just missing that little per 1% that makes Maeve special do you think the timing is everything that uh, telling her here at the dam was the wrong moment what 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 do you think changed between this and the simulation it's possible I mean it's it's definitely like his view of Maeve right it's not this isn't exactly Maeve and they make that point clear. So, yeah, I, I think there's an element of like Bernard doesn't quite know Maeve. And if you think about how much time Bernard spent with Maeve in the recent past, it's not much. So you could see where like a lot of the things that happened to her, like think about the encounter she had with Dolores, right? Like mm-hmm. th- that changed her mm-hmm. um, in that moment. And uh, honestly, like I'm not sure how much Bernard knows about that stuff. So when he's trying to simulate her, I would think he would get it wrong. I think when they open the door to the sublime, it looks cool as hell. Oh, yeah. I've always thought it looks so like if you wanted to show like what is a tear in it, it, it's it's like exactly in a way to like a, you see the black hole in interstellar. It's like, oh, shit, that's a black hole. Like this is a tear in the fabric of reality. I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. I did have questions because I was actually kind of hoping that we would see like some kind of future gleaming city or something. Yeah, it's just that field but still. Huh? It's it's the, <laughs> the it's lobby. the green it's the green valley. Yeah, did they did they leave that pristine as a park for new hosts to, to first experience? Or I, I mean, know. that's the thing. Like the sublime, it doesn't seem like it's one. It's not like a universe like ours where you could just travel. Mm-hmm. It's like many, many, many different pockets and dimensions and realities and worlds all stacked in. Are probably accessible from each other. Mm-hmm. But um, and I think it looks no, extra I, cool with the backdrop of the Hoover Dam there. Just like yeah, it's such an unnatural thing, right? To have that stripe just breaking up reality and then to put it in front of this massive dam with all this water behind it. It's like how how is reality handling this in the moment and i know it's just a simulation it's just like an ar overlay but uh-huh it's very cool no i actually think it's real like the, whatever they're seeing is real because it's casting a shadow on the dam i noticed too really yeah i think this magnetic resonance i that's the thing i can't explain it huh. but i actually think that this is like an object in space that people could see uh from far maybe only hosts can see it maybe well, that's i really the, the wonder trick. what happens if a human walks through it i I think it's stupid. 
I don't think this actually makes any kind of sense. Um, but I, I'm now, I think I now expect for a human to make it into the sublime. Huh? Like I wouldn't have Frankie. Like she's like the only human left. (laughs) Or maybe they do have to be humans copied to marbles first. Cause like I said, I, I I want I want to say dogmatically. Well, that's just stupid. If a human walks through a magnetic resonance machine and their right. co- their consciousness is copied and that's it, then like, well, that's that's really stupid. But the show does stupid stuff, and also the show just showed that they're like standing in front of a mirror for three seconds is enough to back up mm-hmm. a person. So I really do think that if anyone walks anyone, this is like the the Noah's Ark. And it's not started to rain yet, but it's damn near close. If you can get through that door before the flood comes. Well, oh, you shit. Your oh, my in, God. Like Neo. They are literally going to have a flood. They, are they, are they going to? Well, what? <laughs> I want because, you know, they, they, they talked about like Teddy flood and uh-huh. the the prophecy about the people returning from the underground is described as a flood, but bursting forth. And you had Bernard mm. here in this episode talking about dying under 100 million gallons yeah. of water is the one the worst. Are they, I don't know what it would do. I don't know what busting the hoot because like I don't think these Delos operations are with. But like I don't know is 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 the show going to blow up the dam and then show that like all of this shit is built in the valley and it's just going to flood and cover everything. It might be actually now that you're you're connecting the dots on flood. I feel like there's something there. I don't know that ge- the geography connects unless we go to the theory that this isn't actually sure. Manhattan. This is something built in the desert that they've. Yeah, I don't think it would flood Manhattan. Um, no, it couldn't that, unless that Manhattan seems... is bespoke built out in the desert. You know, right, right. So, no, I, I don't think it's going to do that. But having the dam blow up, a, it does kind of connect thematically with the flood stuff. But b, it would be a fucking cool visual, right? Blowing it would be a really cool dam. visual. And we know they can reshape dirt on like a colossal scale, like those those things uh-huh. that uh, Ford had carving, you know, giant things out of that. You, you can you can do about anything with this world. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Trying to not get too like <laughs> too set in my what I think the show will or won't do. Yeah, yeah. Because who knows in the finale? Uh, let me ask you this: Is it better to stay and fight a doomed fight? Or to have some peace. Man, that, well, that's the thing. Like, if someone could tell you, I, you are certain if you stay here, you're going to die and it's not going to have an effect. Or right. you can go through this door into paradise. I think I would probably take the door. But if someone if said, like, there's a extinction. Yeah. Yeah. But there's one. If someone says there's even a 1% chance that mm-hmm. you standing here and doing something could let, you know, potentially billions of people survive into the future. I think the moral calculus is quite a bit different. Oh, totally. But Bernard is not couching this in, in maybes or ifs. This is 100% certain from what he's saying. None of right. this makes any damn difference. Well, maybe that's the difference is the way he pitched this, because in this, he's saying the outcome is going to be the same extinction for both humans, but we Mm -hmm. could escape versus him telling her that there is a hope. And I I think that so the big theory about that is um, we talked about some of the instant take. But for people that skip that one, there is a theory that Maeve's marble was, in fact, not corroded by being underground for 23 years. It was perfectly fine. He made an exact copy 
just so he is not lying to her here. Like he's 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 both telling the truth and lying. He's telling the truth that this Maeve is going to die, but what she doesn't know is that he has her marble and he's going to install that into when uh, or he's going to see to it that it's installed into the sublime when this is all said and done. Yeah. Um, and that is the hope. The fact that that is the that is the unknown hope that if all goes right, she can make it. Because uh, I, I think there's like so people talked about this on in the instant take too. the fact that like the reason that I think Stubbs is going to live, that Bernard is lying, uh, that Bernard knew Stubbs knew him well enough that he couldn't get away with saying it's fine. But if he says I'm going to die, Stubbs protective override would not allow that to happen. It would fuck up the plan. So he said, mm-hmm. you're going to die so that Stubbs relaxes about it. And I think that uh, and, and once I start seeing Bernard telling lies to get the simulation to work out, you start looking at like everything he's telling to everybody. Right. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> and there's nothing. only one, one, one more episode to, to go. So sure. Uh, all right. Let's go back to the beginning of the scene. Actually, first, let's talk uh, about Akicha and Bernard talking about, you know, the path he has to follow. We've seen this scene several times and then we come back to the real world and, and it's not the last time we'll see it either. Uh, and Bernard takes the real Maeve to the Hoover Dam and it plays out roughly the same. And then Bernard says they have to get to the tower to free the humans and themselves. Maeve agrees to go with him, but makes Bernard promise to send her to the sublime once this is over and they head off. So there's a couple things to note here. Number one, first thing, and this is silly. I saw there's a horse just chilling in the background with uh, <laughs> okay. it up in the tower. Was that horse there in the last time we saw Akichita walking Bernard through the tower? I don't Does remember. This impl- we know that all animals in the Westworld were hosts, in fact, including the horses. Is it canon that horses made it to, to host <laughs> heaven? There's this horse host chilling Maybe. out in the sublime because fuck it. Why not? They're... They could potentially be sentient too. What's their level of bulk app perception? That's what I want to know. Are yeah. they cranked to 20? Are those does everyone, the smartest does, damn horses you've ever met? Does everyone in Disablime just automatically get granted max stats on everything? I mean, why? I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Because that seems really <laughs> shitty for some people to be like, yeah, you're stuck at five bulk app perception, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we Sorry, need some. We need, we need a village idiot. Made you. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I wondered about the, the, the horse hosts. I didn't even um, notice that. When we go into the real Hoover Dam, there mm-hmm. is a difference. And the difference is when Bernard's saying I backstop us, he takes that gun that he has stashed. He, he, he tucks it in his waistband and he puts it behind the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems very clear that we're supposed to notice this. And it also seems very clear that the reason that Maeve always precedes him into battles is not just because she's a good, you know, uh, uh, combat person. But Bernard is taking advantage of doing shit like this behind her back. Right. And why he doesn't want her to know that he's doing something here, I, yes. I'm not sure. I find that interesting, though. Um, because even if he used a copy host marble, that that copy of Maeve would not have awareness of, of what he did because it was made you know back in Temperance before this all happened. So what and, and is the, the deal an, with that? The answer to all of this is this is the path, right? This is the way. He's, he's gone full mm-hmm. Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you can't really question anything he does beyond like, well, he's doing it because of the future that he wants demands he do do this. Yeah, I'm just wondering how who is going to end up in this tunnel? Who is going to need that gun? You know, I have 
very strong indications on who that is and we can talk do you want to talk about that now or do you okay i was gonna say if there's a natural spring springboard for that there will be for sure um and, and the other thing he does here you know is opens the sublime we talked a little bit about it already but the big question about that is why why open the sublime here like right if he doesn't want Hale having access to it well this is a terrible idea um mm-hmm. is it to let someone in is it to let someone out uh well i, I do like i said I, I really like the theory that as soon as this door cracks open in you know keeping in mind all the time deletion differences that teddy is is takes this opportunity to escape into the quote-unquote real world mm-hmm. find christina um, and I don't think he's got a body. I think he's literally just a way that uh, Dolores is able to beam them into this place. I think he was able to beam out somehow into the the the, the host grid or whatever into the tower yeah. thing. Um, Could be right. And so like and then the, if that theory is true, it also runs that everything that we've seen Christina do this entire season is compressed into the few moments between this door opening and the rest of the season. Mm hmm. And and what like the tower blowing up? It would have to all happen before right. then, maybe. And there's a lot of things like you know because like um, we're like, well, how is that? Because we see Christina go through several days worth of loops before she notices that uh, you know that she she finds out about the hosts you know going off their scripts or the humans. But but honestly, every time she wakes up could be a new iteration of the simulation. So we could still be doing, you know, stuff that's happening in the city in, in, in these very last moments. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like there's a lot yeah. going on that. It's just. And the, the, the <sighs> ratio of one year to a thousand years, like time is yeah. sped up by one thousand. So you can get a lot done in that amount. Yeah, because people are like, well, how would Teddy know that in like a few minutes? So. Yeah, like the 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 thirty seven, you know, like uh, one minute of the time opening is uh, what's that? Like a uh, hundred minutes. So like, you know, I mean, there's, a there's a lot minutes. of time for a thousand yeah. minutes. Exactly. There's a lot of time for Teddy to like see the doors open, figure out a plan, you know, execute it. The one thing that doesn't make sense is, I would think if this was all a simulation, they would have come clean with the simulated bars with the with the widescreen aspect ratio, and they didn't. So. Yes. That's door number three, which people have been saying is uh, Dolores is or uh, Christina's ascended. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know what the utility of having an ascended host stomping around the city. Just 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 chilling out. Like, I don't know what you get through that rather than having a perfect simulation that the host is free to to roam in. Or or maybe it's still a simulation and they just haven't done the bars until the first scene of the next episode. You know, maybe you get to finally show us the capabilities of these frames like. That's what I want to know. That would be if cool. If Christina's in one of those, I want to see her kick an ass, or at least see her open a can, because otherwise a joke. I'm unimpressed. There's a joke theory on on Reddit that the reason that Hale's world wouldn't work is that she designed her perfect beings without arms, and she put them in a, a room that needs the op- that you have to open doors to get out of. Mm-hmm. So like eventually you'll just have a whole bunch of hosts stuffed in this giant room, stomping around, splashing around, can't get out, and then they go extinct pretty fundamental mistake yeah uh, i think this thing's going to be bristling with appendages like when we see its sure. full capabilities sure. yeah a dozen tentacles like you said yeah yeah tentacles or like you know aren't those aren't those, aren't those riot bots literally start off as a cube 
Like we've seen robots uh, like 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 bust out of of things and like have ports open. I mean, those riot bots, for example, they're machine guns. Are you don't see mm-hmm. them until they're ready to use them. So I just think they got their their arms and stuff all just talk, tucked away. It's it's uh, the the girl robot from Wally, Eva. Yeah, it's Eve. Sure. All right, let's move on to Christina waking up and Teddy is in her room this time. It's it's very different here. There's no easel. There's like so much stuff is different in this room and he tells her the truth about what they are no Maya right Uh, she's very confused by this quote unquote truth I you know Teddy's still couching it in language it's like (laughs) we're reflections of the people who made us well I I guess that makes sense from a certain point of view right a host isn't going to say we're robots and we don't was a robot (laughs) yeah right or they don't even think of themselves as robots they're just another kind of life form so right uh, anyway, she's she's very confused by it all. Uh, she draws a bath and she drowns herself until she realizes that she doesn't need to breathe. Which I so, so what do you think the point of the scene is? Because I, I still think that this is just um, pretty heavy handed baptismal threshold crossing. Yeah, this is a neo, neo woe moment. Um, yeah. When he learns, like he can, he can stop the bullets, shit like that, right? He's brought back by yeah. the kiss or whatever. Um, it's like Highlander when Sean Connery throws the guy off the, you know, uh, off the boat and and he drowns and doesn't die, and he realizes he's a Highlander, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but she still doesn't seem to get it fully, right? She's just like, okay, I now understand I'm different. Please tell me how I'm different, Teddy. Please explain all this to me. And he doesn't. That's the thing. She they they play this moment with the music and her emerging from the water as if she was going to awaken a changed person. Like I thought she was going to awaken like in full Dolores mode. Uh huh. Maybe not all, but like with but but they do all this using the language of cinema to tell us that she's. But she seems remarkably unchanged. She wants. I guess she wants to bring everything down, but that's not. That's you know the locus of her control is external, not internal. Uh, and, And I was thinking that it would be a lot more internal, but I, I don't know. Yeah. No, just it was don't a, know. a little anticlimactic for what seemed like a huge moment, a huge change in her. But is that a hint? Because again, I keep coming back to where is Maya? Where the fuck is Maya? Mm-hmm. Did uh, Teddy kill her? Well, <laughs> if this is some kind of simulation, they just, you know, don't have her in the room today. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find. And then wait, and he's like, I don't know. Would a host talk about themselves in a simulation the same way a host would talk about themselves in a real world in terms of we can be hurt and die, but it's not as easy? Probably. Yeah, I guess a certain point of view that Obi Wan Kenobi bullshit really. Yeah, there's no real is a, distinction is a wide cloak. The 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 version of them that runs in the big computer. Right. And the version right. of them that runs in the small marble computers. So. I mean, it's it's impossible to kill a host in a simulation unless you like destroy the physical facility or that's what I'm saying. But then it's like, well, how would you, cause again, he's like explaining like a five-year-old, like everything to, to Christina here. Mm-hmm. How would you go into like, well, we we're actually harder to kill and not in the way you think like we would actually have to be strategically bombed at Hoover dam and you know, or like, mm-hmm. or somebody yeah. have to come in with a magnet and hit just the right sector on right. the hard drive somewhere. <laughs> right. Right. Take us out. Uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's not, there's no good way to say what he actually needs to say to clue us in. So I don't, but there's also a lot of other stuff that's pregnant with meaning, like him asking her if she had a bad dream. We know that bad dreams were 
you know, previous uh, uh, host memories coming out as reveries. And for yeah. humans, it seems to be their repressed memories of who they were before the flies came. Is he hoping um, that like Christina will wake up as Dolores? I do. Like, realize that she's Dolores? Yeah. And there's is also that possible given who she is. And this is a legit question because I don't know the answer. Uh, could she even do that? Does she have well, access to the memories of Dolores or is she just seemed- Christina? It seems like agency is very important in this season. Like um, Bernard reveal uh, withholding the truth, giving Maeve the truth, experimenting with times to tell her the truth. Like it seemed crucial to his plan that Maeve willingly volunteers to do this thing, knowing what will probably happen. Um, is it possible? Also concerned with the agency right. of her host. Yeah. Who she's now abandoning. She's like, fuck it, right, full right. steam ahead of the <laughs> ascension. Or she's she's in a heaven's gate. But is Teddy like he literally can't tell her? Like she's got to figure it out on her, her own. She's got to choose to see the truth. But goddamn. It, it could be. It'd be wild, like if a therapist is like leading you through a bunch of repressed memories and doing a bunch of exercises to show you have mental control over other people, and then when the patient's like, "Fuck my Nate," tell me what is going on. The therapist's like, "Well, you got to figure that on your." I mean, you're right. pretty no directive up to this point, asshole, is. and now you're passive, and I can't like <laughs> right. it's yeah, yeah, uh huh, yeah. I don't know, like still. Like I said in the beginning, amazed that I have any questions whatsoever, let alone the fundamental questions about Christina. I want to uh, uh, before we move on. There's one thing yeah. from the last scene with Bernard and Maeve that we I forgot to mention. Uh, Maeve says she wants to take down the tower. Bernard says he knows several ways to take it down. And Maeve says well, we should p- pick the most expedient. I believe that everything we see in this episode was the most expedient way to take down a tower, which I think means that Bernard intended to die. He intended the man in black to blow it up. If the man in black didn't and blow it up, like, do you agree with that too? Yeah. I, I okay. Think so. Okay. Cause um, I thought like when I first watched this, I thought maybe Bernard didn't get it done and the man in black blew up the tower. And now it's going to be a desperate thing to try to get the prophecy back on track. But after watching this multiple times, I really think, we are still on the OG Bernard drain. I mean, it tracks like the extinction of both humanity and hosts. If you wanted to extinct them, just force everybody to fight each other. That's a pretty good way, right? And people with their fingers on the buttons are going to use those buttons. Yeah. uh, And probably cause a lot more havoc than like a pile driver could. So... Yeah, and it matches up. I keep going back to Robo Hobo stuff. It keep mass. It matches up pretty nicely with the first population collapse. It's still mm-hmm. we're a hundred years or so off from uh, the end of human civilization. And 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 now I'm starting to think more and more that that's going to like all the Robo Hobo stuff is going to come true. It's just that the human civilization will end and the host human hybrid civilization will begin. Yeah. Um, so there won't be any uh, original ho- humans left at that point, but our children will still be there, which means, you know, I don't know what you call these homo synthetic, homo superior, whatever, you know, whatever, but they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be around homo robo, homo robo, homo robo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not very good. <laughs> oh, right, I love we- it. Uh, let's move on to Hale telling Caleb. Is this Caleb two seven nine? Is this the same one? I assume. 
I, I mean, to say anything else would be just pure speculation. Like we, we saw Caleb, Caleb two seventy nine getting printed. Why? Yeah. And and yeah. then he doesn't know about his jaw. Like he's he's reset. He doesn't know about his experiences from the last episode. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't think so because that that Caleb was killed. So I don't think they could have put his that information oh, into yeah. the new Caleb. Yeah, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyway, yeah, Hale, he doesn't seem like he knows. Right. Hale tells him that she's shutting down the cities and placing the humans in cold storage. And the man in black is very surprised by that. Uh, also, she tells Caleb she's using him as bait to get to his daughter and the other rebels. And this scene contains some information that I think a lot of people are confused by, which is the seven gram pearl to or seven gram bullet to your pearl will end you. Because they told us that's not necessarily the case in past episodes. And now she's saying it'll end you. And we see a bunch of people, a bunch of hosts ended by it this episode. Are they actually ended by it? When did we got got told that you can survive a direct bullet to the Pearl? Was it Teddy? Was it when Teddy shot himself? And then they pulled his his control unit and it was just kind of like impacted on the surface, like a bad shot on the Death Star. Yeah, is it like a? That's the thing. It's like, is it a guaranteed kill or is it a probability kill? I don't know. Are these hosts designed where they don't have armored pearl sockets? Because maybe that's in Westworld. Since they knew the hosts were going to be shot all the time, they 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 had armored, you know, like Kevlar (laughs) and shrouded. But why would you ever make a weaker version of yourself? Right. Yeah, unless you're giving it to Caleb and you don't want him to survive. I. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm fully expecting some of these people to be back in one form or another. So it could just be that the shot to the head doesn't do it. There's another very interesting line buried in here where Caleb observes that you've you've kept your pathetic human form. And she says, mine's not as pathetic. Is it possible that she commandeered the original Dolores metal battle frame for herself? It's possible. I was thinking it, this was just a you're ugly joke, like a long way around on a you're ugly joke. Oh, see, I thought <laughs> but, she was but, saying. But I don't think I, it is. I, Hale has no sense of humor. So, OK, y- I, I thought she right. was hinting that there is something very different about, you know, um, there's something very different about her body versus other host bodies. Uh huh. Um, Could be right. And, and it might even be that, like, her control unit is extra strong or something reinforced. Sure. Right. Because, like, we also get the. It's also the idea that they were going to pull her control unit out and we were going to get to see that for the first time. And then they yeah. subvert that because Maeve walks yeah. in. Yeah. So, you know, maybe the bullet to the head, maybe this is setting up the the subversion with the bullet to the head, like telling us a bullet to the head will kill you and then not having it kill you because of reasons that we don't. Well, know I've got some subversions. Sense. I just think just use my eyeballs that I want to talk about later when we talk about these hosts getting their pearls blown out. Okay. Um, what did you think about the because I this is something I've been saying but I've been wrong that like this is going to end up with a, a battle of outliers they're, they're going to find some cold storage facility where you know Robo Hobo and, and Serac and everybody froze a bunch of outliers and they're going to be a lynch part of the linchpin of, of, of defeating the, the evil hosts that want to kill humanity I don't see any evidence of that happening but it, is, it, is it possible that, that Hale is going to create that because she says, I'm going to put the host in cold storage. Hmm. That's not the same thing. She's going to kill them. No. Like, 
that room that William's in is suspiciously large to house one person's life support system. Does she have like warehouses of these things? She's going to try to freeze human anity. And is that the glimmer of hope that by provoking this, it's going to, you're going to have all the hosts in sublime. You're going to have all the humans in the cities that get frozen. And then we kill all the quote unquote bad hosts or the megalomaniacal hosts. And we start over with, I think if that was her What's plan, left over? it's no longer possible. Like, I don't I think mean, it's her plan. I think it's Bernard making her do this thing because it suits oh. his plan. That like I want, but yeah, because well, I mean, the, and you're right, it's not going to happen now anyway. After yeah. sending a signal for everybody to fight, I just don't know how that. You're right. At this it, point. it doesn't. It, it's her plans don't matter now. Yeah. 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 Uh, let me ask you this. William's back. No fanfare. We speculated that maybe William was off doing Dude. his own thing, and that's why she was resorting to Clementine earlier. What's going on with that? I was I was very shocked to see him just back as part of the crew. It wouldn't surprise me if there's some more simulation timeline business going on here because that seemed like such a satisfying theory mm-hmm. that they weren't actually, you know, she wasn't sending all of her underlings on this mad dash to find Caleb. But it, I don't know, man, it seems real foolish for her to suspect the man in black and be doing loyalty tests because clearly she d- did order the hit to replace Jay mm-hmm. and she did intend Jay to take the outlier out to temperance and foil the the plan right unless yeah, there's a she nether- definitely didn't intend william to go or man in black to go talk to william like that right was all and, and she also was completely ignorant of that but she's like suspect them enough to do all these weird loyalty games with them but not suspect them enough right. to like let him come up and blow her head off i I don't know. There might be a little bit more satisfying answers to this, or it might be, you know, Westworld got 90% in a way there, clever wise, and just hope we didn't notice. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see next week if there's anything to shade that a bit. Yeah. Yeah, because this shit's tricky. This is very non conventional, non linear storytelling. And to do it over 10 hours of a whole, well, I guess eight hours of a whole series and have it all come and everything connect perfectly is, is, it's, I mean, they do get paid the big bucks, but it's, it's also hard to do. Oh, yeah. Then we go over to Frankie and Stubbs collecting weapons. Frankie apologizes to her girlfriend for locking her up. Then Bernard and crew show up and they fly to the city where they plan their attack. Uh, Stubbs and Frankie are going to go get Caleb. Uh, Frankie's girlfriend, I still don't know her name, uh, is going to get a boat for their escape. And Bernard and Maeve are going to go after Hale in the tower. And Bernard says a goodbye to Stubbs. Seeing um, Frankie with her girlfriend is jarring to me because, as we talked about, the characters are largely so beside the point that I wonder what the utility is of building this very strong character and, and using like your last few precious minutes in the season to like develop this like, oh, you are my safe place. You can never forget that and like have this like where where is that going? We might never see this woman again. Is she going to have to confront a, a robo version of Frankie at some point and deal with like, is this Frankie? You know, the way that Williams dealt or Man of Black's dealt with him. I William. Yeah, you're the way she said you are my safe space. Uh, and you can't forget that would set her up for something like that. Yeah, because if she pulls a gun on fake Frankie and immediately suspects that she's a host, then. But that's yet more character development, right? That's character development for a side character who I don't know is going to stick around long term. 
Um, well, it could be a sense. It, it could be the first shot of like, oh, shit, the plan's going to hell uh, reveal where like, you know, she's got the boat. She's at Red Hook. She's waiting for her. Frankie shows up and she's <laughs> right. like, oh, thank God you made it. And then she gets shot. That t- That's something that would tell the audience. Number one, Frankie's been replaced. Number two, oh, shit, the plan might be going. Yeah. So I, I could see it something like that. But wh- yeah, why do you why did you need the heart to heart scene? I, I guess it's like. Yeah, I mean, like, if this was just a, a regular, if, if this wasn't her girlfriend, we wouldn't be expecting, like, oh, yeah, you got to have some kind of resolution after you lock him in a supply closet for an episode. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. It, um, feels, well, it feels like they want us to think something about it, though. For sure. And this is, uh, you know, also the scene where Bernard says goodbye to Stubbs, which I found touching. You know, we've spent so much time with him last couple of seasons together. Uh the roadshow is breaking up permanently here, and uh, yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, and I, again, I think this is Bernard manipulating Stubbs just to, mm-hmm. to, to underline this is that I the the theory is that Bernard is the one's going to die. Stubbs can't let that happen. That's mm-hmm. his highest programming, and Bernard knows he can't. He's not a good enough liar to fool Stubbs, so he fools Stubbs with a different lie that Stubbs will believe, but. Uh, yeah, I guess half truth. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, but it's not a half truth. It's, it's a blatant falsehood. Someone's going to die. It's just one that stubbed. Like I said, I, I I believe that this theory is correct. But like, again, I don't know if it connects 100 percent, because if Bernard didn't think he'd get away telling a lie, well, he did. But maybe <laughs> yeah, it's a lie that so Stubbs is more con- conditioned to go along with. That's the thing with Teddy being so like non-committal with the language he uses all the time with Christina to have mm-hmm. Bernard like confirm just straight up confirm you are going to die Stubbs is real weird because he could have just said this is the end or any other number of phrases that roughly would have convinced Stubbs that I'm going to die yeah. without actually lying to him right or he could have said like I this you know this uh a lot, you know, uh, there's a lot. The reason I'm being this sentimental because there's a lot riding on this, our actions the next few, and we have a very small chance of success and we might never see each other again. Sure. Boom. You've told the truth. And I, I don't know. There, I, I wonder if there'll be like, I'm, I'm trying to think of what is the reveal that would make this seem super fucking cool? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see next week. Yeah, at this point, the finale just has to be a series of reveals pointing back to all the clues that we've had <laughs> over and over, just like scene after scene. Just I was like, going to say the next, the next, the next whole hour is going to be like the last two minutes of uh, the Sixth Sense. Yes, or the <laughs> yeah. the last couple minutes of a Scooby Doo episode. Is this going to be pulling uh-huh. pulling masks off of faces and and recontextualizing red red door handles and. Or like the season yeah. finale of The Boys this season, where mm, it was just like mm. Fast and Furious, right? Let's deal with this and get on. Let's deal with this and get yep. on. Yeah. I hope not, because that wasn't, I Me think, too. a success, a fully successful finale for sure. No. All right. Hale sends a message to everyone, I guess all the, the hosts, stating that today will be the final day for the cities and it's time for everyone to evolve. Does this, does this imply that the host can perceive and understand the signal? Because yes, I guess I so. felt like Bernard now Stubbs actually knows what the signals say in this episode. Like he came to like just like I kind of have a feeling something bad is going to happen. Maybe it's just the volume of it. 
But I thought it was wild that she's using the the harmonic frequencies to communicate messages with the host. I didn't think that was something that went on. Yeah, I mean, we see it. Which so. does that imply a potential vector for control? Oh, not anymore. Tower is dead. Well, uh, yeah, it would have, but nope. Anyway, uh, Man in Black thaws out William again to ask him what to do about Hale shutting down the cities. William tells him he already knows because they're the same person. You, you, you are me, whatever. Uh, so the Man in Black stabs William in the chest. There's a lot of confirmation that uh, of the pants theory of being purpose because this is something <laughs> that William emphasized that you know he he. There's a whole equal sign between being caged, having your balls cut off, and forgetting your purpose. Mm-hmm. And William's purpose, the way he saw it, is he is the destroyer. Yeah, survival of the fittest. He's he's come to. Uh, it, it, there's some really interesting talk on Reddit. I thought about Sigmund Freud and how he viewed. Oh, civilization. I didn't see this. You were talking about this pre-show. What? Yeah, let's let's let's, let's get into Freud. Yeah. Um, so he he wrote a book about like uh, how civilization is just fucking everything up, and the base nature of humans is aggressive behavior. Um, we we are aggressive creatures by nature. We want to destroy, which that lines up nicely with uh, what the Man of Black is saying here, or mm-hmm. what William is saying. Um, and then Freud goes on to say that society as a construct removes some of our ability to exercise that aggression. And so it makes us less happy necessarily. Um, so in my mind, like this is William choosing to burn down society. And, and he says as much, right? Like culture is what killed us. We, we need to go back to being cockroaches, just survival. Um, so William is deciding to burn down the world so that he can go back to his unchecked aggression. Because that's who he is, certainly in this story. Mm. He just he loves to kill and fuck stuff up, destroy. Um, I don't I don't agree with this line of thinking. I think there are certainly people in the world. I, I don't think the base nature of humanity is aggression. No, um, and and if it was at one point when we were closer to animals, I think we certainly have the ability to grow beyond it. And society is one of the the things that shows that. Um, and, and I think like. Society affords many protections from things that would make us equally or more unhappy, like being subject to the whims of someone else simply because they are more fit to survive um, and they Mm -hmm. have power over you that you can do nothing about would make a lot of people fucking miserable. And society provides a safeguard against that to one degree or another. So I don't agree with Freud on this. Like I look, I'm no psychologist. I don't know that much about society. I'm sure he's a much smarter man or was, but I just don't. I fundamentally disagree. Um, well, and this you is, were talking this about is all written by a man who survived World War One. Yes. First hand experience yes. with World War One and Horror. saw the lead up before his death to World War Two. So like he would have a dim view of humanity. I think, of course, he thought humans were aggressive by nature. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I know some people talk, people talk about the way our psyches are kind of bad off nowadays, but like, imagine if you had the horror of a hundred million dead worldwide in, in the worst kind of conditions too, just like butchery. Uh, and in yeah. the last three years, um, it would make, I guess would make things, would make things worse, you know? 
Uh, so I, I understand why you have a dim view, but I, yeah, it, it flies in the face of what I understand of humanity's superpower is, is our ability to cooperate in groups. That's oh, almost yeah. unique amongst the animal. It is unique amongst the animal kingdom. Nobody can do it. Nobody can yeah. do it as good the as, ants as we can. ants can do it, although they do it like on a lower level than we do. Right. It's not, not as right. high functioning. Uh, and they can't fucking do it remote. They can't do it from another planet. Pheromone shit won't, won't, won't beam sure. through the deep, deep space. Uh, when, when they even, you gave an ant a frame to explore the galaxy like these ascended hosts <laughs> obviously have. Uh-huh. Good uh-huh. luck getting them to use it. Cause yeah. So yeah, I, I, but, but I, I, mean, I agree. We're supposed to reject this, right? I mean, this is yes. the villain of the series talking about how we're all cockroaches and we need to just destroy. It's, it's well, blatantly I, wrong. It's blatantly wrong. I, I did hope. early on up until third middle of the way through last season did have a concern that maybe Nolan and joy. were going to write this as a very dark, depressing statement on humanity, which I think is valid because it could be a, ca- a cautionary tale of like sure, what sure. could happen if we decide to, you know, believe all this bullshit about like, you know, Oh, we're just, you know, we're just nakedly aggressive and you know, if it's the, the might makes right and all that kind of crap. I, I think that at this point, no, I think they have a much more uplifting, you know, I guess and it might still might make p- people hella uncomfortable. The idea we're going to be replaced if, you know, by, by robots. But like, I think it's going to be a lot more uplifting and hopeful about humanity. And some, it's going to also make us feel differently about the host by the time everything's over. But things are going to yeah. get real bad first, like as often the case in real life. Yeah, I, I like the, the irony, too, that like Hale's trying to get all of her hosts to ascend or transcend or whatever you want to call it and in a very real way humans have already done that in her world right like right. we beat them to the punch because she is a transcended human essentially mm-hmm. um i noticed that william smiles as he's stabbed and dying um mm-hmm. is, 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 that's because he's been from his perspective, I agree. From his perspective, that he is one, that he has one, that he has beat the game, that he's yeah. going to live as this robot to like. If 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 he's right, he's going to destroy everything, and if he's wrong, well, then I guess he was wrong. But like uh-huh. he has, that this is exactly what he wanted to happen. The question is: Is he dead? Is he going to die? Is the actual biological DNA human that was birthed out of a mother's womb? Mm-hmm. Is he dead now? I assume, but they could always walk that back. Okay. Unclear. Yeah. I, the fact that like Frankie comes in there and wants to save him and Stubbs is like, no, I think is it points a pretty big finger at he's dead, but you do got to wonder who saves him because they're, this is clearly right. in the tower complex and the tower complex goes with kaboom. But, yeah, and the only people but, there who would save him are, have been shot in the head, right? But there is some time chicanery happening in this episode, which will get that might give time for someone to sneak in there and, and do a rescue operation. The question that you got to answer is who and why. Clementine, and, she's like the only other person who. Ooh, we didn't see her at that, all. Yeah. Huh. Well, but why hmm. would she save him? Why I, would she? Why would you? Yeah, I, I love the line. Uh, just the final line that man in black leaves William with, he stabs him and then he calls him a cockroach, which I think is a compliment in this scenario. I'm not sure that that's still, I, I do not know the exact meaning when he is, he saying that like, 
I am better than you somehow. Is well, no. I, I think like he's saying this about himself to to himself. But he's talking about the survival of the fittest. Does he just think that he is more fit than William? Yeah, he's just upgraded. William has just upgraded, right? So he's like, the cockroach. He's the improved. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I think does William think that he's the improved cockroach? He's cockroach Mark too. He's a yeah. stir- better, better version. So I, I thought cockroach I so. is still kind of dismissive, insulting. Like, huh. yeah, you're the cockroach. I am what comes after, and I'm even better. Gotcha. Okay, I can see that. Uh, yeah, let's move on to Christina asking Teddy what Dolores was like, and he tells her that she wrote her own story, but it came to an end, and Christina doesn't want Dolores' story and takes Teddy to Olympiad to make it stop. Uh, things are going to get more interleaved here and complex as far as the, the visual storytelling. I don't know how I'm going to recap them, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, I thought they were creating some pretty effective tension here with Dolores and Stubbs and Frankie and everybody and Caleb all being in the same location at the same time. Yes. And the tension for me was, are they in the same reality? Cause we, yes. Last week we had talked about how like Caleb's cell or his interrogation chamber is basically in her office. Mm-hmm. So I was still questioning that. And they did some really good work here, like building up to bringing them all together. Yeah. And I, and I do have some questions. Off. Like when they showed a 47th floor and they show her walking past the interrogation chambers and they're just office meetings and atriums and stuff like what I, I did wonder what it, it all means. And I still think, you know, again, hats off to the showrunners. I still don't really fully know if the explanation is her reality. The explanation is the timelines don't uh, line up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. But clearly they're playing tricks with us. Um, Stubbs gives Frankie a little pep talk before they go into Olympiad to find her father. And Christina goes inside. Uh, sends everyone home except for the writers which uh, whom she forces to delete all of their stories and destroy the office Lee would be so proud at the utilization (laughs) of writers that are full capacity right sure can you imagine the uh, I would love to see Lee going ape shit in this room uh, tearing shit up old man Lee Lee. yeah 23 years later 30 years later whatever Mm -hmm. that'd be great Um, isn't this what Hale wanted it, it seems like, you know, by the end of the episode, it's it's all kind of moot. But like Hale wanted the city shut down. I feel like the way you shut down the city is destroy all the narratives, all the loops, or at least that's part of it. I, I wish we could have seen in the city of what was happening as she's deleting all of these. Right. Stories. Nothing seemed to change until the man right. black sent his command, which I thought was strange. Right. right. So this might honestly not be happening or like you said if it's if this isn't a simulation and they're cheating with the 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 the, what do you call that the water the watermarking no the letterboxing Mm -hmm. um then it could be that this has happened but it's all happened in a span of five minutes and you know even though it looks like it's been you know uh, five thousand minutes from the host perspective it just hasn't had time to propagate out into the real world um but I don't know. The other thing is, I yeah. guess, is this what Hale wanted? Because it sounds like Hale wanted to put humanity in cold storage. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. Do you think that could be the ground? Like, you know, like 
Because, yeah, think like so. a gangster comes in, we'll put you on ice, pal. I don't think, oh, right. you're going to cryogenically preserve me? But, like, no. yeah, they, we see a human on ice in cold mm-hmm. storage. I I think that. So, yeah, I, I don't know that she still wants all these narratives destroyed. I don't know why she'd want to keep them around either. I honestly don't know why yeah. she wants to keep humanity around. I don't know either. Um, is it the same way we want to keep species from going extinct? Just yeah. as like some some moral imperative, or is it a col- a collecting hobby of hers? Like, let's just collect all these. But I don't want because every once in a while, scientists debate about whether there'd be utility in like causing the extinction of the three or four mosquito species that you know yeah. carry malaria, malaria and shit. kill millions worldwide. Right? Like, what uh-huh. is? I wonder if we did do that, would we keep a small stock of these mosquitoes in like research labs? Because the thing is, like, oh, we eradicated certainly. smallpox at one point. Mm-hmm. I, I, is it still eradicated? I don't know. I, I let me check CNN real quick. Um, <laughs> right, but but like we still keep that shit uh, in cold storage just for future study. So like, yeah. yeah, maybe that's it. She just wants to keep a certain stock just in case. Just mm-hmm. in case. Why not? Why not? You can. You'd rather you'd rather uh, you know have them right. and not want them than want them and not have them later, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Frankie and Stubbs enter the building. Quick scene. Christina and Teddy see Caleb in his cell, and Christina forces the security guard to send the other guards home and open every door in the building. Caleb sees the guards leave and walks out of his unlocked cell. What does Christina mean by Caleb doesn't belong here? Uh... Does is this a common a thing meaning? just in his general state or I'm sure it has a bigger meaning but it's couched in mystery uh, I don't know it's almost like um, I saw one theory that Christina has a blind spot for everyone whose narratives she didn't write hmm. okay. so like she doesn't have any visibility into like Stubbs and Christina and Kayla but she sees him here and she's actually saying like he doesn't like what the hell like I, I didn't write him mm. uh, this isn't a, hu- a human I recognize something along those lines but I don't know yeah like I that's see that. yeah it doesn't have uh, you know you know how I feel about theories that have no explanatory uh, powers or predictive powers <laughs> but I'm trying to make sense of what the hell that, that, that she's she's talking about because she's like I feel like ever post baptism she's a lot more babbly mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean it, the good thing about these scenes is that ties us to a timeline I think even if it doesn't tie us to like a physical versus a simulated world we see Caleb has a bandaged hand here which we assume is I think it's right. safe to assume is the same is the Caleb that Hale was talking to earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we're good there. Uh, then we Frankie finds William bleeding out in his cryo chamber and Stubbs stops her from helping him. And then Stubb takes Bernard's advice to go left and it leads him to Caleb's cell where he and Frankie are reunited at last. It's very confusing for both of them, uh, but they get past it. Yeah, I thought the scene worked. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, it's like uh, Frankie first is worried of what, what she's done to her dad. But like the show is, is as, as it's been, as we talked about in the introduction, very much on the side that like this doesn't matter. He, Caleb's still Caleb. Just going to have to believe the show at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. She marvels at how little he's changed. He marvels at how much she's changed. At, uh, yeah. And then Stubbs with comic relief. Good scene. Right. 
um it it, it i i it's kind of weird I, f- I felt like it'd be a little bit more of a moment than meeting for the first time but i thought uh jawadi really you know a lot a lot of people are max richtering uh this week in entertainment and i think uh they they were really he, he's going for broke trying to really sell the drama and and the connection here um yeah and i love the the equal and opposite nature of their meeting again for each of them right like mm-hmm. for frankie her dad looks exactly the same 30 23 years later for him she looks completely different 23 years later and there's like this moment where neither of them can believe that the other person is who they say they are because they look so different and so the same it's yeah it's nice funny because little- like I've always wondered because you hear about people like they're separated in war. Or there's a long coma involved or something. It's like, what happens if you were separated from your child when they're like seven to ten and then you meet them as a 30 year old? Yeah. Would you recognize them like just right away? Because there's just some because like I, I just can't believe how much my you know Google every every morning wakes me up with shit I did five years ago. I'm hmm. amazed at like the difference between a 10 year old and a 15 year old. And I'll probably be ma- amazed again, looking back at pictures from he's 10 to 20, 25. Yeah. I, I wonder if like, there is like, if it's like the, the parents always recognize, cause there's just a certain way. And I know some people just grow up looking the exact same, but sure. Sure. sure wasn't the case for me. Uh, I don't think it's the case. For a lot of people, I wonder what it's like to experience that. Um, it's gotta be weird. Because Caleb clearly didn't like he was ready to kill Frankie uh-huh. until she was able to convince him with. Uh, but then again, I, I if, they, if they met in a not life or death situation where he's trying to break out of this fucking <laughs> simulated hell. Um, yeah. Anyway, is this a, is this a, a stray thought I had? No, it is it is interesting. Um, Bernard and Maeve make their way toward the tower. Like everybody else in the world, Bernard has hacked Hale's encryption, so it's pretty easy to get in. Maeve decides to pry a little about getting back to her daughter and Bernard tells her they can't win, but they can save a tiny part of the world. And he asks her to fight with him. She doesn't answer, but they continue on. She answers with a smirk, which is as good as a handshake when it comes to Maeve. I love her look earlier in this scene where, you know, she asks, like, if you knew what was going to happen or if, if no, if you had hacked their encryption systems and you can control these robots, why did you let that why'd you let me fight that one he's like i thought you seemed like you were enjoying it and she gives this wry look of like i'm half offended by that but actually you're totally right i enjoyed that immensely tandy tandaway newton is so good in this scene she is she's really good with the looks it does make me wonder i uh, sometimes i i I interpret this as the show kind of telling people to relax figuring things out that things aren't going to make sense because yeah I why why would you take a risk when everything why why would you even bring the grenade launcher yeah uh, is it like is is it possible that because like the other thing is like I honestly don't know how it works to simulate something until you figure out the encryption code uh-huh do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, if I'm assuming the encryption code is going to change on a regular basis, and right, it's going to be did he just brute force it? He had twenty three thousand years to brute force. But brute force which one? If like it, it, there's there's a chance that Stubbs is going to say one quip or another, but throughout twenty three years of simulation, he's rock certain, solid mm, certain that this yeah. is going to be the code. Is the grenade launcher backup for like, oh fuck, this is the reality where, you know. 
the password is different, you know? And maybe this was one of those 50-50 things. Like, it was only ever one thing or another, and he just tried both. <laughs> I don't know. Like, this was... I thought, because, like, like if that's the truth... He only it, tells one of two jokes, right? Well, that's... that's I, I think that's a funnier scene. If he's like, why uh-huh. did you... He's like, well, because 50% of reality is the encryption code is different. They've, they changed it this morning. Yeah, and that's yeah. for... Yeah, that, I, I thought that'd be better than just, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it's like, I, I do think that you just got to kind of relax on some of this stuff with, with totally. Westworld. Uh, anything else here about, you know, fighting to save the world or, um, just note the man. time of day. It's very bright. It's very bright, full broad daylight in the scene. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to make note to the day state, um, throughout, throughout here and we'll just, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. Hale watches a host ascend. And then goes to her own station to do the same. But before she can, Maeve shows up and they chat a bit about Hale's plan for the hosts. And then they fight. And after a while of fighting, the man in black stops their fighting by shooting both of them in the head. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, Yeah. What do you think about Hale watching the transcendence like there's like a sing like her E she gets all teary and like I think maybe even a single tear goes down her face. I feel like this is one of the only hosts that's decided to transcend. It's like so few are doing it that yeah, she feels this connection with this one host. And yeah, like she's so proud that like it's it's yeah. like uh, you know you always hear in the Bible like God searching for the one righteous man in whatever city and he finally right, finds right. one and he's like oh my God I don't have I I I don't know I and I I wish I knew more about to me these are the really fascinating outliers what is up with the very small percentage of hosts that is like fuck yeah I want to send are they like teachers pets are they like mama's boys and girls they just like really want to make Hale happy and they're scared and and like or are they true believers in yeah this is more of the refutation of what Freud was saying about the base nature of humanity right it's it is ah. some hosts are choosing to ascend they don't want to be stuck mired in the ways of their old flesh of this old world they want to become something better well it is interesting too that because um, like the one thing about the the statement that the, the joy and Nolan are making about humanity is it does feel like they're saying that the vast majority of us are bad and oh, yeah. we're barely more than humans. Um, but there is enough of us that are. That I think that's dangerously elitist. I think it's the opposite. Sure. I think the vast majority of people are good or at least morally neutral. And mm-hmm. it takes a lot of like fuckery and, and pressure to make per, a person into like a violent killer or someone who's just going to wantonly steal or whatever. You know, as long, you know, so yeah, but I, 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 I find that. Yeah, but I, I don't feel like the show does. I feel I feel like yeah, the yeah. show is so like if if hosts are a reflection of humanity and only a very few hosts are interested into ascending to something beyond just fucking with humans all day, mm-hmm. um, that sh- reflects poorly on us by proxy. Totally. But I don't know. I the, Hale also asserts that she's so confident in her vision of the future that even the sublime people will want out eventually and into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I thought sad. Hale. No one, no one showed up for her ascendancy party. She threw the she she sent out the invites. She got the hors d'oeuvres ready, digital hors d'oeuvres. Like once you ascend into those those husks, you can, they, you can head they, into the real room, the real party room. 
I mean, what would she expect on the last day of the host human city orgy that everyone's going to ascend on that day? Like next day is when right? you're going to have a bumper crop, a, a host coming in. Maybe even the day after that. Let it let him have a day mm-hmm. to let it sink in. Right. Well, the yeah, old you, cities are gone. I might as well ascend. Hosts are rational creatures. They're going to avoid the rush. There's no yeah. there. Yeah. The ascension room is going to be there tomorrow. You know what I mean? This is the person leaving at the, the top of the eighth inning at the baseball game because they know. Like, bottom of the eighth, everybody's out. I thought that uh, Maeve has hail pegged here. That, and that's what I've always thought is that she is just too damaged and too hurt, hurt by the humans and uh, to, to ever see them as anything but dangerous things that have to be overcome, mm-hmm. uh, which puts her on, on the human loop. Uh, I thought that was a pretty smart observation. What do you think mm-hmm. about the fight? Uh, I thought the fight was pretty awesome. Uh, they I did, did. too a lot of practical effects. I thought like setting it in the water was pretty fucking amazing. And I felt for these actors. I like, I really felt for these actors. I'm like, you've yeah. got Maeve in a long ass coat. That's uh-huh. just soaking up this water. And she's expected to spin and jump and fall. And it, that must've been a super hard day of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for Tandy way, because like, you know, Tessa Thompson's in, a sleeveless outfit. Yeah. Um, although her pants are pretty flowing. I, yeah, it must be grueling. It's not for easy. They're doing it in heels. Uh, also, I think it isn't uh, Tessa Thompson got like 20 years on Tandaway or close oh, to it. D- dude, I- I'm glad she's they like put, in her early 30s. <laughs> I'm glad they put Tandaway in a long sleeve coat in this scene because Tessa Thompson has, has that Marvel body. She's uh-huh. like, yeah, her her guns are popping in this scene, and to put her up against Tandyway, who's got a much skinnier frame, would just have been almost laughable. So I'm glad they covered her up a little bit to to hide. You know, that I thought disparity. Tessa Thompson was younger. She's 39 tan, or 38. Tandyway is 49, so not as big, but still, okay, as a person is go, going is halfway yeah. through that decade transition, it's a bitch. Things really start, <laughs> yeah. the wheels really start falling off uh, as, as you progress into that, that fourth decade. And, um, and somebody who, you know, has been trained to be in Marvel movies versus somebody yeah. who's not. It, there's a big disparity there, too. So I, And uh, full credit to the stunt team because, like, they did a lot of this stuff oh, yeah. practically and you know, blowing through the windows. I love those kicks that just send people flying 30 feet. Um, it, it looked cool. I thought the water ad- aspect added. I liked the 2v1 with the hosts. Where like May barely has time to break its neck before Tessa's right back on, you know, or I, I guess Hale's right back on her. Um, you mentioned them fighting in heels. They're not actually. Um, a May has uh, boots on, but B gotcha. Hale before she ascends, and I don't know takes the point her of this. Shoes takes off. her shoes off. If you're leaving behind your mortal body, what is the point of taking the shoes off before, so as not to leave a body with shoes on? I think that's the 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 underlines Maeve's statement that. Hale is so afraid of giving up the flesh and that century that she wants to like, cause that's all, you know, like you take like, like what well, that's in Die Hard, right? You get nervous, you take your shoes off, you put you, you, you put your feet through your wiggle, your toes in the carpet and that grounds you, right? That, okay. that grounds you like, you know, walking a barefoot in the grass is supposed to be a very earthy ground experience. I think she's mm-hmm. taken to have that last tactile experience. Like she wants her feet on the cold, the, the, the cool floor, she wants to feel that. She wants to be in touch with her humanity as because it's the last time she's going to experience it. Um, Makes sense. I think that's what they're going with that. But you're right. You're right. They're all wearing sensible footwear or none at all in this right. last fight. Right. Uh, which those heavy boots full of water couldn't have been great either. But last thing I want to talk about 
Uh-huh. Um, the man in black shoots Tessa Thompson in the head. Dead Pearl Center. That exit wound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Maeve. Maeve. Dead yeah. Pearl Center right in the middle of her eyebrows. Boom. Exit wound. Tessa Thompson's bullet hole is like an inch and a half to the left. Mm-hmm. I think they're telling me that Tessa is not going to be her pearl is intact. Maves is gone, but if you subscribe to the busted Mave marble theory, she got there's there's another copy of that rolling around. Tessa would be or I keep I don't know why I'm referring to Hale would be unique, so they can't blow her pearl out. But mm-hmm. the only problem I have with this theory is like why would the man in black do that? Why did the man in black intentionally spare Hale's pearl? It's not a fucking mistake. Right. It shouldn't be. Um, I I don't know. I don't know why he would do that, but I do have a lot more to talk about in regards to this, and it has to do with the next scene, so maybe we should get to okay. that because it's a big Let's scene. Yep. Uh, the Man in Black goes to the tower and shoots Bernard to death as well, and then he pits everyone in the city against each other for a fight to the death, and I'm skipping... I'm not skipping, but I'm encompassing a lot here. So... To take it back to Hale and her, you know, getting shot off center in the head. And mm-hmm. I want to say some people might consider this stuff spoilers. I think it is a little bit spoilery. So if you don't want to hear about this, maybe skip we ahead a few to, minutes in the podcast. Is this something we could put to the end of the podcast or? I, I mean, we could, but I don't know if it warrants be, because it's stuff that you can entirely glean it's not actual spoilers you can entirely glean everything i'm about to say from the next week on preview and the creating westworld segment at the end of this episode so for people who watched for for people who don't hit the stop button they will see all of this stuff on hbo max because that's what i okay all right well let's let's see what happens let's let's see if people are super pissed about us the way we handle it because i think it's like we probably only got another 10 minutes in the podcast like, yeah, yeah, we're we're so about if you really are spoiler averse. I guess just go mm-hmm. ahead and shut it off now. We'll see you for the feedback episode. We've talked most of the other big theories. So, yeah, yeah, there's not there's not a lot, not a lot left. We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't a joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.ballmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.ballmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Yeah, um, so let's talk about this. And it starts with Bernard's message. So Bernard is recording, I think it's it's evident that he's recording some kind of message there to someone. And the big question is, who is getting this message, right? He's saying there's only time there's time only for one more game. If you choose to give her that choice, you can't miss. Reach with your left hand. Uh so whoever is getting that message is shown in the next time on to be wearing fingerless gloves they pick up this pad they watch bernard say this and they're wearing fingerless gloves and then in the creating west world 
they show Tessa Thompson wearing those fingerless gloves. She's wearing the whole outfit. And actually, there's some promotional photos, too, that show her wearing that outfit Mm. uh, for next week's episode. So this basically guarantees that Hale is going to be back. And I don't know if it's because the shot was off center or if it's because she's recreated somehow or she's preserved herself. But she will be back, I think, in physical form to kind of take up the mantle of Bernard in a weird way. And it kind of makes sense, right? Like William has removed the option of ascending. It's his world now. So what can Hale do at that point? She, she can maybe follow Bernard's path since, since they do actually want the same thing. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like Bernard has seen the path that leads to the extinction of humans and hosts, Mm -hmm. but Hale wanted to, to preserve all of the hosts Mm. so Bernard certainly wants that too mm-hmm. and I think their worlds could coexist he he just has to convince her what do you think who do you think he's talking about when he says if you choose to give her that choice I feel like it's Christina yeah I do too but I don't know what choice he's giving her right when he says reach with your left hand is he talking about retrieving the gun from the pipe yeah I'm okay. almost certain which now, if you're going with that that idea it means they're probably headed out of the facility and he talks in this episode about like the problem with getting to the tower is not getting in it's getting out and so i feel like the hoover dam might be the same thing where she needs that gun to get out of the hoover dam can we talk about the day night shift that happens here that's another weird thing yeah so like when we see bernard get shot by the man in black for his first time it's still in daylight um, but when he gets sh- the, 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 when he gets shot the final time mm-hmm. and we look at the city, this it's now at nighttime, the city's burning. And like I said, it's nighttime. The th- leading theory, the one that I think is cool is that the first instance of we're seeing him getting shot in broad daylight is the simulation when he didn't trust Maeve with the truth. And she didn't provide stay to provide the distraction that gave him the time to do the one more game scenario. And mm-hmm. when we get shot in the head, we're seeing the actual real world where uh, Maeve did give him the time to do the second phase and he's going to win. Okay. The only problem I, I have that. with that is why the fuck wasn't it letterboxed? Yeah, because I think our POV is very strongly Bernard and Bernard would know it was simulated. Yeah, I feel like they can't play with that, but there has to be something at play here unless unless because it cuts away to Akicha and Bernard in the sublime again. And it does letterbox multiple times, multiple times. Yes, yes. Um, And and so like you could say, well, they just stood there for hours. (laughs) Like what sense does that make in context? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or there's some AR overlay that's like telling them it's daytime, but once he sets them off their loops, it's now suddenly nighttime. I mm-hmm. like I said, there's like a lot of these theories are ninety percent. They have holes. Yeah. They have and but I I think I mean, obviously the day to night switch happens. Obviously, I don't think the man mm-hmm. in black stood there for five hours waiting no. for the sun to set until no. he you know, um, yeah. But I, I don't understand why they didn't letterbox it. Um, and if the answer yeah. is if we did, people would ca- catch on too quickly, then shame on you guys. You guys are 
you, you guys need to do better. But I, I hope there's yeah. a better explanation for that. That's one of the things that will really piss me off in the finale is if they don't have if, if Christine is in a simulation, but well, we couldn't do the bars because people would know before the finale. Bernard's no, in a simulation, no, 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 no. but we couldn't do the bars before. Like, I, I mean, nah, I'd be I'd be kind of pissed about that. So yeah, you can't I'm break hoping, the rules of your own universe. Yeah, I mean, you can, but then, then you know, why should anyone care about anything? That becomes a much stronger argument because sure. I can oh, roll yeah, with the idea like, that, yeah, the that host. Black could spend the next episode sure. just on the, on the toilet. Like, sure. Yeah. Next episode could be a musical. Uh-huh. Uh, you could do anything, but uh, can you right. get away with it? I guess that's the question. I don't know. I bet they could get away with it. I don't think everybody would tune out if they suddenly said, like, ah, we're just not going to letterbox the stuff we don't want you to know is in a simulation. I bet they would yeah. totally get away with that. They'd lose another 100,000 viewers, <laughs> and the show would be a third of what it is now. But, yeah, they would get away with it. Uh, and speaking of aspect ratio changes, are you ready to move on to this final scene here? Yes. Uh, Stubbs, Frankie, Caleb try to make their way out of the city while everyone is attacking each other christina and teddy also try to make their way out and christina demands to know why she can't see or why the attackers can't see her and teddy says she's not in this world that the world is real but she's not and then we see the man in black walking towards his last game as the tower explodes behind him the and full man in black regalia change so here. good yeah oh yeah yeah he's got the hat and everything again him blowing that drone away just in passing. Uh, and a lot of people pointed out that, you know, this was like William's stated goal or is what his, he would want to see mm-hmm. happen is the real world be exactly like Westworld. And now yeah, he's he made wants it so to destroy. I mean, this, this puts a pretty big gulf between him and Hale, and it cast Hale in a better light. Right. Um, mm. Sure. She might hate humanity, but she's not willing to just, extinction event them right yeah whereas william knowing that they are superior in a lot of ways wants all humans and hosts to fight and whoever comes out on top gets to rule over the ashes i guess yeah like i keep on saying it hails a lot of magneto because magneto is a rational person you know he's Mm -hmm. got extreme views and extreme ends but he also went through some extreme experiences um that that made him see the world that way but he doesn't want to just watch the world burn William very much just wants to watch the world burn. Yeah. He thinks it's um, the only purpose of humanity and therefore his kind. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought this choice of song, uh, Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie yeah. is so great. The lyrics match up so great to the sentiment. Yeah. You know, that he's the one guy who's never lost titan. control. He's always been in control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the aspect ratio stuff that I was talking about pertains mm -hmm. to Christina and Teddy in that it doesn't change which is strange because he reveals that she is not in the real world what could this mean right Um, I don't know what is what is the only thing that makes sense is she's an ascended robot she's an ascended host and she's stomping around in those iPhone exosuits which makes Um, a lot of sense now, I don't I can't explain. So like the, the reason that she's lost control, the one of the theories is one of the things that Bernard was able to do with the time that he was gifted was go into the tower and make a copy of Christina's code because he knew the tower is going to be blown up. He could have done that. And sure. 
not a copy, not a copy like control C, control V, a control X, a cut. He actually ex- it, it removes her programming from the tower, um, which is what people's explanation for why people are no longer responding to her commands. Is she's lost that ability. But well, why is she I, still running? Right. That, that That's where the theory breaks down. That's one of those 90 percent last mile problems, because um, especially she if she's an ascended be the host, because the tower blows up uh, unless yeah. we don't unless she's just off off. Well, the tower uh, blows up at dead. the very like, last scene. Like uh-huh. we, yeah, it happens episode, after. If she doesn't come back, that's going to be super dissatisfying. Yeah, but she I was also thinking like it, in that tower. It doesn't make sense also because I think the leading theory is that she's in, that's the only thing that like is a third option that we mm-hmm. haven't seen before. That would be like, well, you're in a real world, but you're not actually real because you're this weird bipedal thing that people are just conditioned not to see. Um, although yeah, I just still have the same question of why the fuck Frankie and Stubbs didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause they're not conditioned yeah, to do shit. No. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't either. That's, uh, the one thing that I'm still, I, I, that's the one thing I'm still kind of up in the air about. I did. I do like Stubbs continual delight to be alive. Uh huh. Like, that the way he plays that is like uh, every time he takes the left turn or and he goes through and then the sh- guns go shots go off and he looks down and he's like oh my god it's not me and he's just so so happy. Uh, do you think that lasts, or do you think he's still doomed? It just didn't happen. I think yet. I I don't know, but I my think that Bernard is telling the big lie, and you're going to find out that Stubbs is going to be one of the last survivors. I want Stubbs to live. Stubbs has never had what I would call any kind of agency over his own life. You, and you, I want a hundred percent. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want that to be true for him. Eventually. I want to see him survive to the sublime and then make his life, whatever he wants. He deserves it yeah. at this point. Yeah. I, I agree, but we've made it to the sublime, which is the end of this episode. Uh, Aaron, any last thoughts or are we just going to call it there for the week? No, I think that'll do it, uh, but we have lots more Westworld. We have a whole episode left, but before we get to that, we're going to have a feedback episode. Westworld at baldmove.com is how you get that feedback to us. We will be uh, having a special feedback edition later this week. And then, of course, Sunday is the big night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, HBO Max is releasing the final episode of this season. And as soon as it's over, about 10 or 15 minutes later, we will be going live. If you're a club member, a classic club member, a Patreon, uh, you can go to baldmove.com or patreon.com slash baldmove and watch live with us as we discuss what our first off-the-cuff impression of the episode is. We'll spend like 10 or 15, maybe 20 minutes talking about it. Maybe 30 if it's a really crazy, crazy (laughs) finale. And then we'll get to the instant talk where, uh, again, our club members who are joining us live can use the YouTube chat interface to to share their reactions and thoughts. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, if you want to be a club member, support.baldmove.com is how you get signed up. Of course, it's not just uh, instant talk parts of podcasts. You get ad-free feeds and uh, tons of other great uh, premium bonus content at support.baldmove.com. Westworld.baldmove.com for feedback. Uh, we will see you later on this week with that. And again, Sunday night for the finale of Westworld. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Bye.